Thank you for joining us on The Other Path. Before we begin, I'd like to introduce you to Unwell, a Midwestern Gothic mystery podcast. Set in a fictional town in rural Ohio, the show uses ghosts, the supernatural, and other tropes of gothic storytelling to examine the fallibility of memory, building community and family, and being queer in the rural Midwest. A slow-burn mystery with occasional moments of more traditional horror, it won the 2021 BBC Award for Best Podcast Audio Drama. Don't miss their fifth season coming spring 2023. Find out more at unwellpodcast.com. Welcome to Odyssey Theatre's The Other Path a series of haunting, sometimes darkly mischievous audio dramas. Our journeys, inspired by fantastical tales from the past, are set in imaginative landscapes of the present. Thanks for joining me, Bruce Spinney, for a walk down the path less traveled. Now, I invite you to turn left onto Sheik Street, we're heading to a fashionista party, no less. All the ravishing people will be there. Are you exquisite? Are you at least dressed to impress? If not, consider yourself a misfit in this world. What would you trade to fit in? Soon you'll meet Barbara, forced to bargain with otherworldly beings and stake her future on their heart-rending terms. Here is... C.S. McCaths, The Belt and the Necklace. This episode contains disturbing moments, including an attempted suicide. Themes pertain to beauty, body image, and environmental degradation. Listener discretion is advised. Headphones are recommended. In the beginning, there was only a girl who needed to be loved. That girl was Barbara Blackthorne. And this podcast is live from the Great Haven Lakeshore, where tonight she will show her first designs in over a decade. You've heard Barbara bewitched the world. You've heard she did away with her sons. It's time you heard the truth. My name is Bela B, and I've been the Blackthorn family gnome for generations, charming their careers and mitigating their misfortunes with subtle gifts of magic. So I was there as it all happened. The trouble started when her mother, Imelda, hosted a private garden party with a terrible purpose. Mama, please don't replace me. I want to be a fashion designer like you. It's all I've ever wanted. Blackthorn Limited needs a successor who looks the part. And it's not as if I'm disowning you altogether. But I love Blackthorn Limited more than anyone else ever could. Because I'm your daughter, and I love you too. 
Greta wants me at the podium. Pull yourself together. Nobody cares when a fat girl cries. Here, Barbara, take my handkerchief. Gilan, I didn't... I mean... You must have heard everything. I thought you wanted to step aside as your mother's successor. No. I've never been so sad about anything in my entire life. Hmm. Well, maybe it's for the best. I wouldn't know what to do without Maison Peregrine, but we've always been so different. You and me. We both love fashion. We both love our mother's companies. But there isn't a client in the world who would order haute couture from a designer who lets her body go the way you do. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. At least Greta looks like someone who could be your mother's daughter. Well, after today, she might as well be. After the party, I found Barbara sobbing before the mirror in her bedroom. She held a razor blade to her wrist, and a bead of blood was pooling along the edge. I was desperate to save her life. So I did a thing not many folk from the other world have done, and revealed myself to one of your kind for the first time ever. must be in terrible pain. <gasps> Who are you? What are you? My name is Bela B. I'm a gnome, and I've been a companion to your family since long before the Blackthorn name meant anything at all. A family gnome? I'm from the other world. We keep to ourselves there, unless the need is great. You're here because I want to die. And I want you to live. Now, let's have that razor blade. Thank you. And a bit of magic to heal the wrist. There. Oh, good as new. (gasps) Oh, I wish you could fix the rest of me that way. Why, there's nothing to fix. And anyway, that sort of magic comes at a terrible price. You mean it can be done? Oh, please. I'll pay any price you name. No, no, no. Well, it's not my magic to sell. And I should never have mentioned it. Mama just gave my life to one of her models. And the only boy I've ever liked thinks I'm disgusting. I feel like... The pieces of my heart are cutting me open from the inside. So help me, or give the razor back and go away. So be it. Late that night, 
Barbara came down to the lake shore and cast the plums I gave her into the water. One, two, three. The pair of merfolk that emerged were exquisite. Skin smooth as drift glass, hair winding about their arms like eels, fins thrashing in the shallows, and their voices like a song heard in a dream, half remembered in the morning. Who makes an offering of plums to the lake? And what does she want, this maiden of plums? Uh, my name is Barbara, and I want to buy the magic to make me slender and beautiful. Step into the lake, Barbara. And meet us at the veil between the worlds. This is my belt. Wear it, and you will be fair as a foaming wave upon the waters. This is my necklace. Wear it, and you will shine like a fish leaping into the sunlight. Now you must give me something in return. Your third-born child on its third birthday. And you must give me the most beautiful of your children. But I don't even have children yet. Anyways, what would you do with them? Where would they live? Oh, ask me for something else. Anything else. This is the bargain. A gift for a gift. Equal value. A gift for a gift. Um. Uh, oh, fine. If I ever have children, I promise to pay your price. Never take them off. And never forget your promise, maiden of plum. When Barbara put the belt and necklace on, she became the most beautiful woman the world had ever seen. And the world believed she had always been so. From the moment anyone caught sight of her, there was no praise too high, no love too deep for Imelda Blackthorn's daughter and successor. Her star began to rise! Congratulations to Beaumont Academy's Fashion Design Student of the Year! <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for believing in me. Of course we believe in you! Now, open your graduation presents. Mine first. Oh, this is lotus silk. Oh, it's exquisite. 
I was hoping you would permit me to make your wedding dress with it. My wedding dress? Will you marry me, Barbara? Oh, yes! I'll have to get used to that sound. The world cheering for my beautiful fiancé. They're cheering for us both, my love. Maybe. And the world is welcome to adore you. But you're mine now. Don't forget it. Take care of her, Ghislaine. There's nothing more precious to me than my daughter. It was a heart attack that took Imelda's life. And just after the wedding, too. <laughs> Barbara stepped into her mother's stilettos with perfect grace, but her haute couture was already in high demand. As for Guylaine, well, it was becoming clear that he only loved the illusion of beauty Barbara had bought from the merfolk, and the bill for that magic was coming due. Barbara? I'm designing an evening gown for Margaret. Your secretary? She can't find anything in her size. That's because she's a bucket of lard. She has a right to beautiful clothes no matter what she weighs. You can't design for fat people. It will ruin your reputation. It's not about reputation. It's about Margaret's self-esteem. <sighs> Give me that dress! You've ripped it in half! Good. Now go home and change into a decent maternity frock. You look like a common dressmaker. He's only ripped the seam. Nothing we can't mend. I'm scared of what he might do when the baby is born. The mermaid who gave me the necklace will expect me to give her my child. And I can't do that. No good mother could. Oh, he pushed you into this pregnancy. And make no mistake. What will happen if Guylaine finds out what I promised the merfolk? And why? What will the merfolk do if I refuse them? Amélie and Esme were born in the spring, identical twins to their mother's immense relief. Neither of them a third-born child, and neither more beautiful than the other, they were safe from Barbara's promise to the merfolk. But daughters were not enough for Guylaine, who bullied his wife into trying for sons. When her third child, Bastion, was born, Barbara fled to a secluded country estate. Later, she gave birth to Lucas there, a baby blessed with beauty. And so she feared for both of her boy children. From that day on, she never let them leave, desperate to spare her sons an unknown fate in the other world. But on the night of Bastion's third birthday... During the worst thunderstorm in over a hundred years, everything changed. 
are you doing all the way out here? My goodness, you're a prickly thing. Well, I've got just the remedy for that. Have a look at this silver coin. See how it gleams in the porchlight? Oh, it's so bright. So heavy in my hand. Go have a nice lie down with it. Now, where can I find the boys? Up the stairs and to the right. slept under the spell of that coin for three days. When she awoke, Gillen blamed her for the disappearance of their sons and threatened to beat the truth out of her mouth. Yes, Barbara had made a terrible bargain, but have a bit of sympathy for the terrified wife and panicked mother who finally told the truth. She took off the belt and necklace a shadow flickered on Guylaine's face, but then he was kind, supportive, eager to try and trade the belt and necklace for Bastion and Lucas. My poor Barbara. She believed him too. I don't understand. I summoned the merfolk with plums before, and they came right away. An old woman nobody saw but you. Merfolk who don't come when you call. A belt and necklace that helped you bewitch the world. What else are you hiding, Barbara? <laughs> Let go of my hair. You're hurting me. Not until you tell the truth. I already have. I just want to be loved. I'm so sorry. About what? That you deceived your mother, me, everyone for years was some sort of magic. Or that you dragged my sons into your scheme. Tell me where they are, witch. They're in the other world. Maybe we just need to summon the merfolk again. Then by all means. Go down there and summon them! Please, Gillen, don't do this! You don't have to! Barbara stopped fighting Guylaine and sank past bits of floating garbage and billowing plastic bags. The belt and necklace clutched in a tight fist. 
but the lake could do no harm to the keeper of its gifts. So she crossed the veil between the worlds, very much alive. Beyond, the water shimmered with the flicking tails of bright fishes and glowed with the pale green light of a castle on the lake floor. you come when I called? We heard a sinister song on the shore. And kept the children away from the singer. Bastion? Lucas? They're here? They're alive? The lake has always nurtured life. The white water lily, the slippery salmon, the castaway child. I didn't cast my children away. You took them! Let me take them back. A gift for a gift of equal value. That was the bargain you made. But they don't belong here. Many things do not belong here. And many things that do belong have been stolen away. Close your eyes, woman of plums. And listen to the song your sons will someday sing. I see plums bobbing on the waves. My knees in the shallows. My face underwater. His hands around my neck. I begged him not to kill me. This is your memory of the lake. Look again, and you will see our memory in your mind. I see a glacier melting. Pure water filling an ancient hollow in the earth. A bright castle in the deep. Veil between two worlds. Ships on the other side. Billions of fish gasping in massive nets. Awful and chemicals passing through the veil. The bright castle darkens. What happens to the lake in my world affects yours. But you will remember. When your children sing the beauty and pain of this place. Beauty and pain. (laughs) I was wrong about them both. So what if Mama wanted to give her company to a model? Maybe there could have been a little studio for me. Somewhere by the lakeshore, where people of all sizes could come for fashionable clothes. Gilan once said I looked like a common dressmaker, and he meant to insult me. But a good dressmaker can turn a bolt of cloth into self-esteem, and and people with self-esteem can do real magic in the world. 
Oh, I would love to be a part of that magic if... If it, it didn't hurt so much to think about going back. Then stay, woman of plums. Until the sound of your song is clear. Barbara lived with her sons among the merfolk for many years, which accounts for the time she was missing. The boys made friends with the orphans and castaway children the merfolk rescued, and the choir grew as they all transformed into merlads and mermaids together. For a time, Barbara was a reminder of their humanity, a teacher, a mother. But a day finally came when she could do no more for them. So the woman of plums, the keeper of the belt and necklace, returned to the surface and to me, while Bastion and Lucas followed behind her, singing a high, haunted farewell. Not entirely human anymore, are they? They're human. And they're not. They're my children. And they're not. They'll never play with a dog in a garden. They'll never eat an ice cream cone. Instead, they'll spend their lives in a polluted lake singing about a calamity not of their making to people who might never listen. gave you those plums. I knew the merfolk would demand a terrible price for their help, but I didn't know they would take your sons. I'm sorry for my part in that. They didn't take my daughters. And it's time I become the mother they need me to be. Oh, they do need you now more than ever. They look just like you did at 14 and, well... And Guilaine is treating them just like Mama treated me. They try so hard to please him, but they might as well be flinging themselves at a stone. My heart breaks for them. Well, I can't go home. No, indeed. And Guilaine has taken ownership of Blackthorn Limited, too. Then I'll start over. Build a new fashion studio. Make a place where Amelie and Esme always know how much they're loved. That sounds wonderful. I'll do all I can to help. Well, let's go then. There's no time to wait. You'll be wanting to know why Barbara wasn't arrested when she returned, when Guylaine was after claiming she was a witch who abducted his sons. I can only say that we told the truth to the police. And, with a bit of help from the belt and necklace, they believed us. Guylaine was afraid. The wife he thought was dead was back to tell her side of the story. But he was a handsome king of fashion who knew how to captivate an audience. Celebrity Watch. 
We're talking to Barbara Blackthorne, joining us from her new fashion studio on the lakeshore, and Gulen Peregrine, here with me in the New Haven studio. Gulen, tell us what happened when Barbara took off the belt and necklace. I discovered my wife was a witch. And my sons had been sold into some sort of magical slavery. That's not true. I was gutted. And the twins could tell you why I bargained with the merfolk. Mama treated me the way you treat them. Is there any substance to Barbara's accusation that you tried to drown her? Of course not. We went to the lake, and when nobody came out of the water, she ran away. Maybe she lied about the merfolk, too. And my sons are... I can't even say it. None of that is true. Guilain knows the police are trying to prove what he did that night. Guilain, Amelie and Esme are children. They shouldn't have to beg for their father's love and fight the world for their self-esteem because they're fat like me. That's what I came home to change. For them and anyone else who needs my needle and Viewers, you've heard from them both now. We'll take your social media questions after the break. Barbara's plain truth was no match for Galen's pretty lies, and his supporters made certain she knew it. The vandalism and threats never made the news, but you might remember the arson attack that destroyed her studio. That was when Margaret, her old secretary, started a crowdfunding campaign that made enough money to rebuild. She's in the audience tonight, wearing the gown that Barbara designed for her 15 years ago. There it is, the truth as I remember it, and just in time. Where is she? Tell her Constable Brandywine wants to know where my sons are. That's Ghislaine up on the hill with the twins, the police, and a pack of sympathetic reporters. Well, there's a reason Barbara decided to hold her fashion show at the lakeshore. The merfolk are arriving, too. Come out, witch! Amelie and Esme want to know what you did to their brothers. Hello, my beautiful daughters. I'll bet you don't recognize me. We remember your voice. And you look like us. Do you really think we're beautiful? Oh my, yes! What's that music, Mama? I don't hear any music. All I hear is a terrible noise. Those are the merfolk. And your brothers are with them. They sing a song of the lake now, calling us to care for it in a time of great need. Merfolk? My sons? Where are they? Why is it so dark out here? Papa says you sold our brothers for a belt and necklace. When I was a girl, like you, I believed nobody could love me because of the way I looked. So I made a terrible bargain with the merfolk for magic to make me slender and beautiful. I believe the same thing sometimes. 
I see plums bobbing on the waves. Her knees in the shallows. Her face underwater. My hands around her neck. She begged me not to kill her. Hurry up and die, you disgusting bucket of lard! What did you see? What did you hear? Constable Brandywine, New Haven Police Service. Mr. Peregrine, I'm arresting you for the attempted murder of Barbara Blackthorne. No! I I brought you here to arrest my wife! You have the right to retain and instruct counsel. You have the right to remain- You're just a pig in a dress, Barbara! That's why nobody loves you! We love you, Mama. My Esme, my Amelie, I love you too, just as you are, always. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the first Plum Studio fashion show. My models are eager to show you this season's loveliest clothes for people of all sizes, complimented by the song of the merfolk and the merchildren in their care. Please take your seats and prepare to be enchanted. The tale is told, but for a few final words. For the attempted murder of his wife, Gillen went to prison, where he never had to worry about what to wear. Bastion and Lucas grew into thoughtful mermen who sang to anyone who would listen, and those who did were moved to protect and restore Great Haven Lake. Amelie and Esme blossomed into beautiful women who honored their mother's vision in the clothes they designed for every body. As for Barbara, well... She was loved all the days of her life. You have heard The Belt and the Necklace by C.S. McCath. McCath's play was inspired by a Bavarian folktale collected by Franz Xaver von Schoenwerth. The Belt and the Necklace was directed by Odyssey Theatre's artistic director, Laurie Stephen. This episode features Netta Rose as Bela B. and Constable Brandywine, Nicole Wilson as Barbara Blackthorne, Mark Huseman as Gillen Peregrine and the Merman, Shondell Gambles as Imelda Blackthorne, the Mermaid, the Old Woman, the host of Celebrity Watch, and Esme Peregrine. Dramaturgy by Laurie Stephen and Janet Irwin. Music supervisor and editor Craig McConnell. Supervising sound designer Damien Kearns at 217 Audio. The Belt and the Necklace was recorded at Spence Thomas Audio Post in Toronto. Additional assistance provided by Yves Beauchamp, Matteo Similaro, Chelsea Fawcett, John Forster, Ben Langell, Ben Ramos-Salzburg, Patton Rodriguez, Katie Smick, Jennifer Stobert, and Ben Thomas. The Other Path is produced by Odyssey Theatre.
Odyssey Theatre operates in Ottawa, Canada, within the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe peoples. If you'd like to discover more about the artists and artistry behind The Other Path and to support the series, visit our website, theotherpath.ca. And be sure to say hi on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook by searching Odyssey Theatre. Please recommend us to your friends. The Canada Council, the Ontario Arts Council, the City of Ottawa, and the generous contributions from you, our listeners, helped make The Other Path possible. We have reached the end of the first leg of our journey. We're busy planning new adventures for the next season of The Other Path. Thank you for joining us. And until we meet again, consider taking the path less traveled. Mount Absalom. A community. A heritage. A home. The green jewel in the majestic crown of Ohio. For 200 years, Mount Absalom has been a place to play. N32. Bingo! A place to learn. For in thy green and growing arms, we have everything we need. All right. Now let's get out our math homework. A place to work. Here at the Celery Bottling Works, we produce over 2,000 bottles of celery soda every day. A place to raise a family. It's a girl. It's a place of history. And here we have the barrel of whiskey that Confederate soldiers stole from Mount Absalom patriot Amelia Pleasance during Morgan's raid. And of course, a place of celery. 201st Celery Festival, I dub thee open! Mount Absalom is the perfect place for making memories. For making memories. For making memories. For making memories. Make your memories with us. Make your memories here. In Absalom. Paid for by the Delphi Quarter of Mount Absalom and Solaric Bottling Works. Refreshing Solaric Soda and Diet Solaric Soda. A Midwestern Gothic Mystery. Learn more at unwellpodcast.com.